I'm here with Don Simpson <laughs> and Michael Schumacher. <laughs> this is Podcasting Heritage. Welcome. We're going to have to clip that and turn it into a theme song. <laughs> totally. Just <laughs> totally confused reviewers. <laughs> reviewers? If you're reviewing this podcast, you are confused. <laughs> so I make movies, Charlie. I make movies for the art. You know, and the expression, Charlie. <laughs> Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. And there's a Come Town episode with Tim Dillon where they talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> you know, when you're on set and you just, you walk up to the monitor and you just, you see what the director sees. I want to know what the path to that career is. It's pretty short, I think. You just have to be the right kind of person. Do you just have to have like connections to a lot of investors? Yeah, okay. that's really it. You just got to be someone that can free up the money from the other people. Yeah, convince people to sign the check. Maybe that's why they're so they're so liquid with their white powder. Yeah. That's all part of it. Greasing the wheels. <laughs> Powdering the wheels. Powdering the wheels. <laughs> He's got one of those powder cakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you just, you just get... Sign it with your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always felt like... On some level, like, that part of the business is just talking. Like, you just got to get people to buy the dream. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm sure it's the same in music. We got this guy, he's fucking dynamite on the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put a good band behind him, though. The right people, you know? Yeah, it's crazy with music just because there's no way to, like, tangibly describe what's going on. <laughs> True. So I'm sure a lot of conversations about music have just completely switched to like engagement numbers and just numbers in general. Right, like how many streams are you getting? Yeah. The kids are streaming it. 10,000 people listen to 60% of the song per day. <laughs> Basically. So the songs are getting shorter. Yeah. I have an idea about that. Okay. Let me try to execute it. <laughs> I think I'm going to do some punk LARPing next year. Like in your music or in your... In general. Aesthetic. Nice. Yeah. The guy I'm doing this music video for, he said that it's, it's against his aesthetic to, to spend a ton of money on gear. Right. And as such, he wouldn't be able to spend much money in the music video either. I was like, damn. Yeah. That's commitment. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I consider that. There's something to that. You just don't buy into the bullshit. 
Well, you're buying as much as you want to. Well, yeah, exactly. What was that kind of music that we that we went to that show that time at Avenue Theater? Yeah, that was hardcore. Hardcore. There's some kind of derivative of it. It's just like swinging in the mosh pit, pretending you're not trying to punch people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, okay. Spinning around fast enough so everybody looks like your father. <laughs> I just remember the three heaviest guys we know, like Pascal, Greg, and Keith, are just out there like throwing feet. Yeah. Throwing hands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what if if you connect, you're gonna knock somebody out? Yeah. Well, that's like the equivalent of what the song is supposed to do to you. I guess. <laughs> that's the cock ripping through the panties. Oh, it is. It really is. It's the, it's the modern cock. I can't not see Duncan Keith anymore and think of that Jim Matheson tweet. <laughs> he still tries. <laughs> when I watched Duncan Keith last night miss the net by like a, a, an inch, I was like, that guy is still, he's not trying to do anything. He's still got it. I don't know what you're talking about. He still competes. How many players have we had at the Oilers? Oh, fuck. Over the last 20 years. <laughs> the same profile. <laughs> I know they all show up they're gonna ass out the stage of playing. The one stick sure. ass out. For sure. The old stick sweep. <laughs> Too many, I would say. Yeah, I've seen maybe two minutes of the season so far. Oh. I mean, they're doing all right, but yeah, it's like. It's equivalent to talking about the weather. It's like, whatever. That guy's armband reminded me, have you seen those metronomes that you can wear and you feel the, the you can feel the tempo? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm gonna have to get one of those. Yeah, I think, and like you can even set it to like, I don't know, like you can set the groove. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I was on the MIDI website looking at all the innovations that have come out since uh, MIDI 2.0 started. Mm -hmm. It's worth checking out. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like Bluetooth is now like a permanent part of the MIDI picture. Oh, okay. So wireless MIDI is really, really ubiquitous now, which opens up a lot of possibilities, not just for instruments, but also for like live production. Okay. Because you can control lights and um, trigger samples and stuff. Oh shit! You can build it. Nice. So they had like these wireless ones, and like we were talking about how we'd produce music in like a natural environment. Mm -hmm. Well, they have like MIDI triggers now, and MIDI uh, um, uh, accelerometers. Okay. So you could like stick them on a tree on like a windy day, <laughs> and then have them like trigger automation or even like notes if you have like a random oh, number generator and have like depending on how many you put in there have however many trees like as a part of the live music oh. can you that's pretty wild and midi is just what like what does that actually 
it's just like signals on off signals and then right. you can apply them to different um different things you could have them trigger notes or lights or whatever right just like a signal protocol for audio well for anything to do with time i got you okay so they right so they can be sequenced yeah oh man <laughs> the potential is limitless then yeah it seems really cool remember one time remember shane smith who acted in driftwood yeah he said what if you put like a piece of paper out in the rain just for a little bit and you got you could like copy the pattern of how the raindrops hit the paper yeah and then if you you know if you maybe could somehow then convert that into a sequence of sounds or words or something as like a randomization or like what kind of a what kind of a song would that make yeah you can do that fairly easily right and there's even ai now that will take that snippet you have and like tease it out into however long a performance you want based on mm -hmm. that little bit of data. Yeah, there's lots of possibilities now with Atmos being a standard. The, I guess the output mm -hmm. can be attenuated as well. For immersive experiences and like VR other things. I'm not sure VR is the answer, honestly. VR? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. The idea of having a thing on your face and just sitting still in a room. <laughs> or even running in a room. You think people are still going to want the immersive experience of a thing? I think so, but I don't think they're going to want to, like, pay the blood price for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we know where VR is going to go. It's literally going to be you in a in a fucking tactile or a, you know a haptic feedback suit getting your pecker sucked by like a <laughs> vacuum cleaner right that's one thing i was thinking about like the vr thing has like reached the porn world <laughs> but like usually that world is so far ahead of like technological advances of the masses <laughs> i've been paying attention but it doesn't no. seem like they've solved it either no, I don't. I feel like the VR boom is still yet to yet to be. Yeah. I don't think it's going to look anything like what people are projecting right now. No. At least I hope it doesn't. <laughs> it's going to be some. I didn't watch that that fucking Mark Zuckerberg thing, but is, oh. isn't that essentially going to be VR? Yeah. Metaverse. Yeah, that's worth watching. Someone posted a screenshot of like, I think it was season one, episode two of Black Mirror, yeah. where it's like the exact same frame, the exact same shot <laughs> right. of like Zuckerberg and his fucking meme of himself. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of that was intentional, but right. there's a lot of little Easter eggs in there. Mm. When is the switch coming? Or is Facebook still gonna exist as it is? Yeah, they're keeping all of their, their properties and then just having Meta be a, an umbrella thing over top. Ah. Uh, okay, that makes sense. 
kind of just seems like they're they're announcing that they're looking for the next like person who's going to change the landscape right and saying that they're dedicating all their money to it as like almost an invitation for competition to be that company right Although I saw, did you see that thing about all the companies that Facebook has bought and then how they like give the CEO of that company some shitty position and they soon quit? Yeah. Like WhatsApp, Instagram. And then they just take all their IP. Right. Yeah, it's almost exactly like the music industry and almost every other industry. Right. Yeah, the big fish always gets bigger. Yeah. It also seems like Facebook's whole meta play is kind of a, a way to compete with Amazon's web services because that mm. apparently is the biggest revenue generator for Amazon. Oh. The web services being like what? Um, I, it's like tools to make websites and stuff. Oh, okay, I think. gotcha. Yeah. I don't know for sure. But something, something as a service... I saw, I saw a graph once it uh, said that that's the best way to have long-term guaranteed income is to just like sell services oh I believe it don't just sell something that someone can get once and walk away yeah or something physical where you have to have inventory right That's like why all that software over the over the years has gone to a subscription-based model, you know? Yeah. Like even my editing software, I have to pay monthly for that shit. Right. Yeah, it's a really strange place because it kind of makes sense to just pay a subscription. Right. But then... You never really own the thing. Yeah, and you have to kind of trust that they're going to update it. <laughs> right. At a reasonable scale, so you're not just paying for something that's outdated. Right. I haven't experienced too many of those types of things to know whether or not. Mm. I think they're pretty good, because they do want they always want to stay ahead of the competition, or with the competition. Yeah. I certainly think in the in the time I've had Apple products, I've, for the most part, like 90% of the updates have been positive. Okay. Especially for their, like, pro programs. Okay. Logic and stuff. Every Logic update has, has been, like, great. That's good to know. And they're free. The update is free, yeah. Did you just buy Logic at a one-time price yeah like 10 years ago <laughs> it's like 150 bucks and they've been updating it it's a completely different program now wow and now it seems like finally their their hardware is is uh 
matching up to their uh, their promises in terms of software. Mm. The pricing is insane, but right. yeah, like they sell like like DIs and stuff like that. Or? No, like their computers. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So like the new MacBook Pros that are out look insane, and they look like they're actually usable for pro purposes. Hmm. Right. Yeah, they did just do a new drop, didn't they? Yeah. But then there's always the looming, what are the desktops going to look like? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. And all the firms will figure out a way to get the loans to spend the $50,000 on rigs, and then <laughs> the state of the art moves that much further forward. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then next thing you know, we're, we're paying monthly fees for laptops. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You leasing your fucking laptop. Just borrowing cum stained laptops. It's the one room disco again. <laughs> Everybody gets a go. <laughs> one laptop cum stained. One la <laughs> oh, Christ, he came on the keyboard. <laughs> That's why I guess if you could commit to the punk aesthetic or the low, whatever, the lo-fi aesthetic, like, you don't, you wouldn't have to chase the state of the art if, if you, you know what I mean? Like, if you just accepted that as your ethic. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I don't think people really have a choice. I think a lot of those things just kind of come down to what the media and the market is looking for to like fill out their their mm -hmm. roster of things to care about. Ah, fuck, that's so true. <laughs> it's crazy how the whole fucking machine is just geared to making people caring about shit that's external to them. Yeah. Did you get the new screen? Just make sure the taps aren't going to waste. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've had a real reckoning with like why, just why, why try. <laughs> yeah, that's that comes every so often. A friend of mine who's like a hell of a cinematographer and, and colorist, he's like, sometimes I think to myself, I see the kids, the Gen Z kids shooting shit on their iPhone. I just think, why do I bother? Right. I have, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gear. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think as always there has to be a connection to just like the most primitive form of whatever you're mm -hmm. you're obsessed with, right? And I think in like all domains, like in everything, there's like theory and practice. Yes. And, like if you go too far into the practice end, you're just like a tradesman, right? You're not really connected to anything other than the hard facts. And mm. if you go too far on the theory side, then you're just not doing anything practical. No, then you're fucking Don Simpson. <laughs> yeah. That is true. You have to remember, like for me with filmmaking video, it's like, it's a language of like, you're stitching these shots together. 
why like you could shoot those shots with a fucking Nokia flip phone really right it shouldn't matter on that end of it yeah I uh when I got out of music school I, I spent like a lot of time just trying to figure out what what actually mattered yeah because a lot of like the grading like you can't grade things purely aesthetically Especially at that oh. level, you're just kind of making sure nobody's making mistakes right. or whatever. Um, as much in, in good faith as you can. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I spent a lot of time just playing with, like, structure and, like, idea structure and philosophy and all that stuff and seeing what matters. And okay. I don't think it's much different than just the natural kind of process of becoming a mature adult Mm. that's true finding out what matters finding out what you can reasonably not have to include yeah and at the same time I was doing all the same things with like food and I found lots Mm. of parallels there interesting that was one of like the maybe one of the few like revelations of going through the full liberal arts experience was like you would come to the same conclusions in a lot of your subjects just in different ways right it's like okay I see what you guys are doing here right yeah I had this idea this kind of half formed one today this is about journalism and it's been well established that the journalistic mainstream is kind of a, an arm of corporate capitalism yes. because they, they keep each other afloat. Um, and it's become like a, a new revelation. Like everybody's having this religious experience <laughs> um, as they watch the, I guess, the increasing amounts of, of uh, influence from academic institutions mm. and how they're how they're affecting everyday lives but right. those are also funded largely through um, interests outside just the independent like boards of the schools for sure so like where where's the actual line where like media isn't mm. created by like corporate or political institutions yeah, I don't think it exists what was that? I wish it was fucking. I think it was Barry Weiss who had some number like seventy percent of things in the mainstream media are written in government offices. <laughs> wow, it's it's insane. It's all just really one and the same, right? So <laughs> the question of where's the line is like. I think the only it just exists in the individual when you decide how to weigh it. Yeah, I guess. I have to find that because on Sunday when I went to meet my grandmother and this other kind of side of our family, I, yeah. I, I rattled that one out. And I was like, I better double check that. <laughs> I'm just start saying that to people. Right. But it was something absurd like that. Yeah, that's crazy. 
So I don't know if there's like a, a reckoning going on where people are realizing this now. I hope so, but I don't know what the solution is. Right. <laughs> I don't think the, the political wings or any kind of like human construct is equipped to deal with like the connectivity of everybody on earth right now. Right. I don't think getting us all into like digital rooms is going to help. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, won't it just be an extension of the same thing? Yeah, it's like, you're free through the internet now, go to jail. <laughs> go be in solitary <laughs> confinement exactly. with your own ideas. <laughs> we truly infinite potential when they got the internet figured out. Yeah. And we did what? We built rooms? And we fed all their vices back to them. Right, exactly right. What did you say? You're free on the internet and go to jail. That's 100% it. It is that fucking uh, Stanley Kubrick, what is it, the last, like, scene in Space Odyssey? Yeah. Where he goes into the fucking... Does he fly into a black hole? Is that what he does? I think so. I'm not quite sure. Or into a wormhole or whatever. Yeah, it do, it does seem that way. That like that experience of being renewed through uh, like telecommunications wire, right? And then like looking <laughs> back at yourself is the like monolith moment for right our <laughs> brand of humanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it seems like we're still the apes in that in that scenario. Right. Yeah, I guess we are still. We don't like. Yeah, they don't know what they're reckoning with. Yeah. In that, in that, in those scenes where it's just like this black. They know enough that they have some kind of responsibility to it, and it's in some way related to them. Because they can project onto it, but it's not the same as like you can imagine early humans realizing that they have some agency on top of and inside of water. Hmm. But the tools can be utilized there. Yeah. It's pretty wild that he came up with that in 1969. Yeah. But I guess that was kind of the mind-expanding moment. Yeah, I wonder how much of that was in, like, military research and stuff. <laughs> if they could project that we'd have screens and all that. Because, like, we haven't gone past the screen paradigm. Right. Yeah, that's that's true. The screen seems to be holding strong now for, like, 20 years, 30 years. Well, the screen started with... The screen is all of um, digital media. Yeah. Even audio, recorded audio is screens. Hmm. Photography is screens. Right. Okay, yeah, so it could even be... And you could even see that whenever mirrors were invented, you know, as a way to, like... That opened up a whole new, do like, domain. Yeah. Of thought. Yeah. Fuck. It's like the fundamentals of falsehood. 
Mm, right, right. Yeah, because you do forget that you're seeing a reverse image of yourself in a mirror. Yeah, and that nothing actually has depth. Right. You can't reach into it. Right. And it's the same thing when you're putting a VR screen in front of your face. That's going to mess up so many people's oh. eyesight. <laughs> Just have two inch ranges of eyesight. Oh, I know. I feel that even now. Like there were times when I'd be editing and then you'd go outside and try and look up at the sky and just the muscles in your eye had to work yeah. to like focus that far. Yeah, if you do a long session on a computer, it takes like a week to recover. <laughs> Mid and long range vision. Oh, you. Yeah, that is gonna fuck people up in many ways. Yeah, I haven't seen anything <laughs> in like the literature I've read about VR and all that, about that. Even like audio monitoring and like tactile things. Right. All those artificial things, that'll just like atrophy the natural senses. Fuck. Like it's wild to think film being 24 frames per second. Mm -hmm. To be like, to be trained on that, to not to not perceive life as it as it like comes at you right yeah I think that might not be a good thing to be <laughs> exposed to for long periods of time like entire Netflix binges and stuff right right you'll end up like that guy in that one like fake video the one uh, where he had like the the fake eyelash flutterers or whatever Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was fucking weird. What was that? <laughs> that just dug something up from the de depths. That was so weird. Do you have that still, or do you, could you find it? Uh, possibly. I'm not sure what I'd search. Oh man, that, that was so weird. I can't remember if it was like he was seeing holograms or if he was seeing... Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't understand what the conceit of that was. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It is something like that where all this technology just come, comes to replace. I mean, we're just changing our world so we're gonna just evolve to suit the new world, I guess. Yeah. That's what all those global meetings and press conferences seem to be about. And we're just taking it all down to zero and then starting again. Right. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Yeah. That's like, written in the walls of the UN. <laughs> I think presumably the idea is to like go back to the way it was. Right. Like leading up to before the pandemic, but mm -hmm. just with different uh, different currencies and stuff. Yeah, basically. And not just like monetary currencies, but like time currencies. Right. Place currencies. Because like AI is doing some weird stuff. The idea that an AI is trained on all of the internet up to the point yeah. that it's released is pretty crazy. 
That's fucked. So he can just like, he just has stacks of history. Right. And he can just access them whenever he wants. <sighs> yeah. Like that's what I've been trying to do with my journal, just like having a daily journal and <laughs> yeah. stacking the days on top of each other, but to have the entire internet. <laughs> and, and to have the horsepower to be able to compute it and like pull out the data yeah. and organize it and then do something with the data. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked up. I'm hoping it gets to the point where it, it can actually be like a take-home thing and not just like an as-a-service thing like they are right now. <laughs> right. What would the product be? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Would they put it in a robot? Would it be like a Siri thing? Oh, maybe. I don't think I'd want to meet that robot. Yeah, I don't think so either. Especially if you have to keep like feeding it inputs for it to spit something out. <laughs> I need to know what you're thinking. Because otherwise it would just like, <laughs> no. Just like Whoa. anticipate everything, just be a pedantic <laughs> parrot on your shoulder. For sure. Sir Reddit guy is a... <laughs> There's a bot next to you all the time. Totally. Reply guy app. <laughs> Reply, yeah. Mouth is always open. <laughs> he knows what you're going to say before you even say it, so don't even bother. <laughs> he has the facts. He will check you. <laughs> and he's heard it all before. We found this Reddit thread of people criticizing the uh, the in-game production at Rogers Place for the Oilers. Oh yeah. Uh, I shared it with the guy who DJs. He's like, he's like, oh, fucking bring it on. It's a bunch of Reddit, a bunch of Reddit neckbeards. <laughs> I care what they say. It's like you do have to remember, like, ugh. Imagine if, if the AI only scraped Reddit. <laughs> That'd be the worst. It would be. It's the seedy underbelly. seedy underbelly of male feminists. <laughs> it seems like we're like culturally past that stage. But I think there's a lag in like identifying what's annoying everybody right now. Ah. Yeah, it is kind of like a latent phase because to me it feels like the COVID exhaustion has finally set in. Yeah, for sure. Like there's no more to say. I did see some clip of Greta Thunberg out there ranting and raving. The blah, blah, blah. Yes. And whatever they are doing, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the script writer's already out of ideas. For sure. She's, she's like 11 now. Oh, fuck. We're gonna get 40 more years and she's on blah, blah, blah already. <laughs> yeah. 
Get some new material. You just keep talking. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Greta. She hates how people talk. <laughs> yeah. All you people do is talk. Yada, yada, yada. All the hot air is coming from your mouths. You know where I come from, we have our <laughs> a saying about people who talk nonsense. Gula, gula, gula. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'd say we're at 50-50 odds, though, <laughs> of her turning 19 and just collagen and BBL. Oh, no. <laughs> it is possible. Just fucking Greta looking over her shoulder. I can be me now. Oh, God. Just shaving the head. Or like shaving one side of the head. Yeah. Man. It's working for the climate. Yeah, exactly. I don't think she actually is a kid, though, right? I have no idea. She's like an autistic, like, 20-year-old. Oh, is she? <laughs> I think I heard that. That's so funny. I almost want to check that. I know we typically don't fact-check anything on this show, but on the live recording of the show, anyway. How old is Greta Thunberg? Oh, she's 18. Yeah, she's 18. Oh, okay. One more year. Let's get that BBL. Do I want to know what BBL is? <laughs> Brazilian butt lift. Oh. <laughs> and she's going to clap climate's cheeks. <laughs> BBL. Are you no ass having white women? <laughs> You're nothing but carbon. <laughs> Time to get with the silicone. Silicone is the future. <laughs> my, my cheeks are carbon neutral. <laughs> yeah. How about yours? <laughs> I've had my whole body silicone injected. I think we should yeet carbon. <laughs> yeet. 2015 slang finally reaches the World Health Organization. <laughs> For sure. Right on schedule. Drake gif of like looking away at the word bling. Right. Pointing at the word silicone. <laughs> Shot. The flu shot branding this year is keep everybody else safe. Oh yeah. It's like that. They've just installed that one now. It's your duty. Some good old Christian guilt. It really is the same thing. 
you wouldn't want to harm anybody, would you? They're just going to steal all of that. Well, I mean, they invented it in the first place, but all that, like, hippie, love and light stuff from the 60s will just come back in the form of corporately acceptable celebrities. 100%. It's the same story. I found out when I first heard that song, uh, Age of Aquarius, and I found out that we're in the Age of Aquarius. No. I didn't think that like 50 years after that song was released, we'd be in a world where like that kind of behavior is acceptable. <laughs> Just that like naked in a field, right. flailing your arms around. I don't know enough about that song, except it's at the end of 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. <laughs> or is that what the song's about, is just like lib sexual liberation? Or? Well, it's all about astrology and stuff, but it all came from that period. Creepy guys adopted through personas in order to reel in people. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe the age of Aquarius is eternal. It's like you can have eternally or like endlessly long or you can have bite-sized. Yeah. I've been trying to find a, a copy of, there's this Chinese documentary called West of the Tracks. Okay. And I guess it was filmed between 1999 and 2001. It's trying to transition into capitalism. Okay. Apparently it's just a bunch of long shots and vignettes from, uh, from around China. It's like nine hours long. Holy shit. I'd watch 45 minutes of that. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Uh, west of the tracks? Yeah. Yeah.
getting to be time to find a more concealed way of doing this podcast. Because <laughs> it really is the metal detector thing. Because I feel like you're right. It depends on where your priorities are. I think the jogging people with the headlamps are pretty silly. <laughs> that is true, too. Yeah. These birds in the flock just gossiping. <laughs> Ultimately, it's all just disguises. It's true. It really doesn't fucking matter. For all I care, we could have like a huge reel-to-reel -reel on my back. <laughs> and like a mic stand like coming over the top of my head. At some point, probably in my 40s, I'm probably going to end up just transitioning full-time to visual art or film or whatever. Okay. Or whatever the equivalent of that is, because it seems like music is becoming more visual than it is audio. It never really had its own mm. world. I see. And now that, now that physical media is basically dead, it's back to like performance being the, mm. the main thing. just do the live performing aspect <laughs> yeah and that like opens up avenues to actually have that included as a part of the creative process all right yeah it seems crucial man to be able to do it just like anywhere in front of anybody Especially with fewer venues and more restrictions and stuff. Right. Yeah, fuck. And things like TikTok, uh, like completely changing how storytelling is prioritized criticized. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't care if it's for the better or whatever, but I don't... <laughs> Whenever I do go down the rabbit hole of Instagram reels, which are basically TikTok, it's just like, what's the point here? Like, yeah, it's really a lifestyle product. Yeah, it's true. So many of the, these things are just like toys for upper middle class people <laughs> who don't have challenges <laughs> that they should be focusing on. <laughs> that is true. Or they're choosing not to focus on the real problems. Yeah, which is, it's its own kind of um, conservatism. Right. So you're preserving kind of your status in society. Mm. And I guess that's why, like, so many things. Like, I was watching a video about how indie music stopped being about, like, outliers and turned into, a, like, a style template. Hmm. Marketing makes sense. Like how most indie rock bands now are on major labels. Yeah, there's something about just like taking the word independent and making it indie, and then just repurposing it to mean something totally different. Yeah, and it seems well. It seems like the tech um, kind of conglomerates had a real uh, a big strategy on collecting data. And it seemed like for the longest time, like I didn't understand what the end game with data was, but right. 
I think uh, it makes more more sense to me that it could be they were collecting all of it for uh, the express purpose of um, training machine learning uh. and AI and all that stuff, and not to like. Well, basically, that the them stealing our data was a secondary effect like their main thing was to create their own AI gods hmm I believe that I and yeah maybe it wasn't like the then when it now that it's just being laid so like it's so obvious yeah it's like fuck like was that the long play or was that just like but we all I guess we all agreed to it in the beginning didn't we the thing is all they need to do is figure out a way for those AIs to write laws because like they have AIs they can beat any human at chess and go right right they can easily train one to just like upend every law and just slowly like just needle away every right dude that would be an incredible like science fiction movie where like the sci some guy goes to the sci to the uh fucking AI mountain and comes down with the new commandments. Right. And they wouldn't even need to have like an actual physical AI to be like the leader. They just have no. the AI do their homework for them. <laughs> oh, we gotta beat him. We gotta beat them to it. Well, you'd have to have your own personal laws pretty well set in stone. Have you'd, this, you'd have, have to have an AI to write it for you. <laughs> you just pray. I should take all three years, well, I don't know if I should or not, but take all three years of journaling and stick that into Jarvis. <laughs> you are fucked. Well, this is the thing about all those, like, AIs as a service thing. Right. They, like, they live in all the, uh, all the bandwidth, so you can only input so much. So mm. it's like NASCAR. That's interesting. You don't have, like, free rain over it like you do with workstations, like Final Cut. And, I see. Um, all the Adobe things and Logic. It's not just free reign yet. No. How do they, so they just limit how much actual data you can put in? Yeah. Because you're accessing a site, and I guess, if everybody just ah. went crazy, um, crash the, uh, the servers. But. Once they find a way to like make that off board, or like, like you say, workstation, Yeah. then we're talking. I'm counting on Apple to just like, just do it. Just crater other people's business Count, Yeah, for sure. Counting on you. <laughs> Counting on you, Apple. Because there's so many things that require skill sets that AI is like captured by now. Like I'm sure there's AI that can write that can write code and test code at this point. Oh, for sure. And there's so much stuff in like your editing softwares and all those that can be um, that. Uh, Coding can be leveraged as, in a, as an effect, mm-hmm. as a generative tool. And that would be like a whole new frontier of like playing with the technology. Fuck. It's the closest thing you can get to like being able to play with electrical wires and stuff. Because <laughs> we're a long way away from like the DI. DIY aesthetic of like creating your own instruments and mm. having them interface with 
recording devices and all that. Seems like we've gone really far in a different direction where we don't have any like say. Everybody's just working with templates and <laughs> presets. That is kind of crazy if you think about it. The aesthetic is like dictated by the creators of the technology. Yeah. I think you're just like guessing which one's gonna be the most fashionable if you're trying to make money. Hmm. And you join a club or a Facebook group or whatever and then that's your scene. It's like who who chose the right aesthetic template. Damn. <laughs> which hardly seems like anything to be triumphant about. Who chose the right template? Yeah. But I guess like that was kind of the, the cult of Marshall at the beginning of the electronic guitar age and stuff like mm. that. Certain things captured the public attention. We don't exactly know what the forces were behind it or who or what were mm. responsible for making those decisions. But. Huh. But right now they could just, they could do that regionally. Like every every time zone and every country could have its own like specific branding it's like that hello calgary like song or whatever <laughs> hello Wuhan. Yeah, hello Wuhan. you can just do that with every community totally have them think that they have their own like unique <laughs> experience well, then you find the other city that has the same template and just pit them against each other yeah that's why I had to stop eating at places where I saw Cisco trucks <laughs> on unloading the food. It's the same. Because everything you're saying about like we have the freshest ingredients. Uh, yeah. New fusion of stuff, like all that just came from marketing. It all came from an office. It's true, it did. You're telling us what we like. You like salt and garlic, don't you? And I try I tried to like get into the nitty-gritty of like oh who's the chef at this location oh, are they better yeah. is the <laughs> is the tuesday better than the fuck that <laughs> is the tuesday better as the cisco truck is backing up yeah, on tuesday shirking over your food <laughs> it's wendy on the fryer tonight <laughs> the way she does it oh man Meanwhile, it's literally Wendy from Wendy's. Yeah. In the fucking fryer. And in the fryer. How about Pampa? Is Pampa still the real deal? I'd assume so, but I haven't been there for a long time. Yeah. They got the right idea. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> that is the only way to serve meat continuously yeah it's very good <laughs> I'm not buying all the supply chain things there was the whole scare thing at the beginning of the pandemic about things and then only the things I don't consume were out of stock <laughs> and I was like oh these people are going to die <laughs> what are they doing well yeah there was like something about like there's a there's a milk shortage. Yeah, it's like milk so, and cereal. Yeah, so what? <laughs> I 
I also thought it was fucking wild how there were those strikes at the Kellogg's factory. Yeah. And it's like, some people go a whole year without a day off. And they work like 18-hour days and all this shit. Yeah. Everyone's like, nah. You're poisoning the masses. Well, that's the other ironic thing, is the shit that they're making is poison. Like, yeah, that's pretty... Pretty fucking terrible. This is shit that makes you feel like you're not dying while it's actually killing you. <laughs> yeah, that's the... That is the wild shit about how Big Grain, like, lobbied the government to make the food pyramid the way it is. Yeah. I wonder how far out they planned that. Because, <laughs> like, the original food guides were for, like, rationing. <laughs> to, like, make sure you seem like a real backhandedly kind right. way, just making sure everybody's fed an equal amount or whatever. It's the first first hints of wide, widespread control. Right. And then it just immediately became a branding thing. Yeah. <laughs> the top of the pyramid turned white. <laughs> 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 Say no more. All the, brown, all the brown foods were... God damn. <laughs> all the carbon hydrates. <laughs> That'll be the... Yeah, when they re-release this in 2022. <laughs> it's just a... <laughs> <laughs> there were just like... Just, just naked figures of every race in the bad column. But yeah, the yellow one. eliminates <laughs> by 2035. I saw that uh, the government of Canada pledged to like end fossil fuel use by no. the 2030s or something. No. End fossil fuel use? Yeah. Or production, I don't remember. Either way. <laughs> Either way, it sounds like a really stupid thing to say. Yeah, it seems like the exact opposite of what has been the reason that the, the plains have been populated for the last over 100 years. <laughs> Is this the... Is that climate conference still going on, or is that over in, in Scotland? They've had so many conferences over the last month, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's really just a bunch of circle shirking. I can't imagine, like, counting carbon is about as stupid as counting calories. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's an arbitrary measure that they chose yeah. to demonize yes. people over. Yeah. But certainly they must be pegging the meter on the carbon thing with all these conferences. Wow. <laughs> pegging the meter. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, fuck, it's all the same. You're, it is about demonizing people and making them feel bad. Yeah. Some people have already internalized it with the whole, oh, you know, having kids is the worst thing you can do for the planet. You know how easy it is to make people feel bad, though? It's really crazy. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Like anything other than just fake positivity is just perceived as assault by so many people. <laughs> it's a microaggression. No, it's a. It's a. It's just assault. You're right. <laughs> is it? Yeah. If you're not like best friends with people and just immediately LARPing as if you've known somebody for your entire life <laughs> and like trust them more than your parents because you both have demons right the same mental illness if you don't lock into that within the first five minutes then 
everybody's an asshole. Right. I just didn't. I just didn't feel his vibe. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary because then we're like, there won't be any art if most of the people are, are doing that. So then they're just looking for reflections of themselves. Oof. And the AI is going to provide that for them. Yeah, now will AI kill true personal expression over like 100 years or 50 years? It might cause it to atrophy. Mm -hmm. I think, well, it's fairly obvious that the bulk of Human expression can never be captured on mass by mm. mechanical or digital means. That is true. And I mean, so much art is just trying to like find meaning, so or like make sense of whatever sensory stimuli. So it's like if you just take that away from people, like, <laughs> what are the love songs from the VR world? <laughs> you know. Yeah, for me, it's, it just seems like all that VR stuff is even more limiting than what we have today. Not only because the technology hasn't caught up, but because it requires you to be siloed in your own world for right. it to be customized for you. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, because like... If you're just in your own pod where everything is tailored to you, then yeah, what, what could you possibly really have to <laughs> whine about or express? Yeah. And then they'd have no reason. I'm sure it costs a lot of money to collect all that data. Right. Oh, yeah. And if they're just going to, like, put all that AI online, are they going to abandon the data collection? Are we just going to be, like, is that what the singularity is? They stop collecting mm -hmm. data and they just spin us out <laughs> with our own, like, stepped-on psychodramas? Like, it could well be. I don't know if that would be, like, a... how long that drawdown would be when they stop collecting and just start, <laughs> you know, shitting it back on us. Yeah, I don't know. Like, will, it, will we all just be stuck... The same way that people who are obsessed with first-person shooters are, of just like <laughs> waiting for incremental novelties, mm. DLCs to keep them hooked on it. But like, instead of first-person shooters, it's like <laughs> news broadcasts, <laughs> it's like AI hosts. <laughs> you like it when they make a joke about the color of clothing, and your partner likes when they throw to the weather guy in the middle of a segment. Hmm. Dude, that could be it. At $15 a month. News, just the way you like it. I mean, that, I mean realistically, that kind of seems like the end game. Where we can sell you exactly... Yeah, there's just like the... Yeah, ubiquity or the infinity of, of channels because it's all been... <laughs> cultivated by AI. Yeah. Fuck. That's what I was saying in that text that I don't know, like, how evil that is. Right. To be, like, rooting for it. Because I certainly don't want to be on the consumer side of the equation. Well, no. But if there's some, like, 
moral failing in, in the producer side then I'd like to know it as soon as possible <laughs> so I think some appropriate <laughs> hedging right well it seems like awareness is, is a good start to hedging yeah I think you can pretty much always assume some moral failing in the producer side of right. fucking anything. Yeah. You know? But it probably is worse to be a consumer in this sense, like a mindless, you're not even realizing you're getting fed the exact applesauce you like. Yeah, well, we've been through like three cycles of pandemic curated pablum. Right. And people are just. It just seems like it's aging people. Like they, <laughs> like they don't have like the vitality levels are just like sapping away. Like the le- like the inner fire that you need to like keep yourself going. Yes, yes. Because they're being fed so much, and so many things are easy. They just they're just dying on the inside. Dude, there's something to that. I notice how many people don't even finish a fucking sentence anymore. They just, I know. They, they just trail m- off. They mutter something and but, then just. So, what? Like they start to make a point, right? And then you just don't know what happens. I don't know if it's like neuroses stopping them <laughs> or if it's just a lack of. They realize. Yeah, I don't know. Or, I don't know. It's like they just realize they've walked out on the plank. Yeah. And they've never really had to do it. Especially in the last year and a half, you've been able to get away with just BSing yeah. through text messages. Yeah, I leaned in on that so hard and it's been great. <laughs> There's always more levels. Fuck that. It's a kind of, it is like something about that inner fire and just like a, an inherent laziness that's come over the, the yeah. people. And just, like, contentment with being told the answer. <laughs> totally. It's like, yeah, why, why should I state anything? Or being exposed to the structure of the answer. It doesn't even have to be the truth. <laughs> oh. It just has to seem like it. No. Exactly right. Which is exactly... Like, that type of thing happens all the time in, like, comedy, for example. Mm. I think that was the argument for certain comedians um, just burning their material after a year. Right. Because all, like, the structures of it become familiar and then copycats happen and stuff. I guess the same thing happens in sports, too, with scouting. Right. Um, but, I, <laughs> like, the idea of being that person who's, like, vulnerable to that and then uh, manipulating those variables seems attractive to me, but... <laughs> um, I agree. Being subject to it, like... Just That's brutal. The idea of... Because there's so, there's so much sports going on in the world. Oh, fuck. And, like, so much of it is just hopeless. Like, they know from projections, especially now with data and stuff, they know in every league by a certain, um, mm. uh, certain way into the season right. who's going to be at the top and who's going to be at the bottom. Interesting. And then they just keep it rolling no matter what. I know. I did kind of... <laughs> Something about going back to sports after the pandemic now, there is a big part of me that's like, what is the fucking point of this? Yeah. Like, like, I would say, like, sure, watching the actual competition on the field, there is something worthwhile in that, but everything else outside of that, 
is really just jerking off, isn't it? Like interviewing the coach. Oh yeah, for <laughs> like, sure. Like betting, like wearing a fucking jersey. All that stuff is like. There are times when I wonder about even watching the sport itself. Because <laughs> like, you can only know so much as like an outsider. Right. They're getting better now with like sharing, but then like, <laughs> you're spending all your time learning somebody else's game. Yeah. By the time you learn it, everybody's learned it. <laughs> yeah. I, I... But like, I, I don't think the answer is what the analytics community has been doing, which is what society does to people, is create arbitrary rules for them to abide by right. and call them good or bad. I don't know. No, I, I agree. I don't know if they're... I guess... Yeah, I don't know. For years, I've only followed sports to like keep up with the business side of it because mm. it's such a strange animal. Right. So many owners are just content with losing money through their sports. <laughs> um, and I don't quite understand it yet on a macro level why that would be the case. Because uh, um, they're laundering it through yeah, the sport? It seems like it. I just don't know to what end. Mm -hmm. um, but like that's super interesting to me. Um, just the, the way you see that kind of manifest itself on the field. <laughs> or when you see a team that's clearly just like not even trying to put together a contender. Yeah. It's like, what's going on here? Then you also have to consider the same thing we were talking about with the journalists being captured by mm -hmm. media and all that. Like all those teams have sponsorships and right. all those sponsorships are also linked to players and those um, companies are on both sides of each game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the thing that like took me out of the games themselves um, personally was a few years ago I just I couldn't ignore just the harm that referees do to the flow of games just on <laughs> just every single game and right. it seems to be getting worse in right. every sport you're gonna fucking call that after that yeah. It was around the time that, I think it was New Orleans Saints, there was like that, um, that leak that they were headhunting players, mm -hmm. and that the refs weren't doing anything about it. <laughs> and I realized that it wasn't all like good faith. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it probably is crooked right from the top to the bottom in some ways. I like. It's like it's theater, really, right? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it's like the fucking analytics are hilarious. Like, how many goddamn acronyms do you guys need to decide yeah. if a player is any good or not? Yeah, and so much of that is just justifying like keeping humans in sports jobs. Right. Because <laughs> they could easily just sell those algorithms as a package. Right. And how long until the AI could probably just fucking start taking over stats in sports if it hasn't already? Yeah, I mean, how many times is like do high-profile data people in sports and in politics especially have to be wrong on like just such a large scale that's embarrassing and it's like worse <laughs> than the weather? Right. 
Do we cross here? We always, always no. fuck this up. Keep going and then, yeah, cross down there. <laughs> no. I won't get into the weather, but <laughs> what a goddamn meme that is. <laughs> I know. Because isn't it just percentages? Yeah, it's the same way that, like, the American election is decided officially by, like, probability, not by the actual count of votes. Fuck. It's a fugazi as fucking <laughs> Matthew McConaughey says in The Wolf of Wall Street. Fugazi. They don't fucking exist. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we vowed not to talk about the weather on this show. Or ever. But the... <laughs> The, the fucking meme of like meteorology or whatever, like whatever you want to call it, the weather forecast. Yeah. So what the fuck? I used to have this belief. I almost said I used to have a bit. As if I, I guess I do have bits in my head. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think everybody does. Where it was like, they just like forecast a nice weekend, and then the weather forecast just goes to like shit <laughs> part way through the week. Right. And then it improves later. Just to like keep people, I don't know, like what possible use that could have. But. Well, there's definitely a thing. Um, I'm pretty sure they, they confirmed this, that people would influence um, weather reports. Or was that on Curb? Influencing weather <laughs> reports uh, in order to clear out golf courses and stuff. Fuck. I'm sure that shit happens. Oh, I guarantee it. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying no to anything at this point. As far as what is possible and what is going on in the so-called institutions. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, society itself is just a giant matrix and we're just in it. And everything is, <laughs> everything about it is constructed for us not to perceive it clearly. That's a, absolutely to discount right. nature and natural cycles mm -hmm. in favor of supporting the the mechanics of the institutions. I think that's absolutely true. Keep the, the whole... tax revenues rolling in. <laughs> the whole construction of the matrix is to keep people from seeing clearly what it is that they're doing. And what we as individuals really are yeah well certainly like media replaces people's inner minds and stuff and like right. causes imagination to atrophy <laughs> right so just wait until you're getting the fucking VR news report tailored for you yeah just sitting there in your in your pod eating I, crickets I think to an extent the like Protestant dialectic of exposing the gospel to people kind of mm. was part of what transitioned um, the culture there from paganism and like tribalism into mm. unif unification. I think there's something to that. And like how like desegregation and all those things uh, kind of work against the, the human ability to differentiate itself. Mm. The gospel being like Jesus came and died for you and, and all of us are sinners and we're all in this together. Well, whatever the version of the, uh, of the, the Latin 
Bible was at the Protestant time. Okay. But yeah, the do the dominant edict that was being presented mm. to the people. Once it's given um, to be interpreted and it's a limited set. Right. Right. Then they can just cling to that lazily. Yeah, it's less about what the story was and more just like it was presented as as gospel. Yeah. This is it. And you can possess it. And it can be yours. You can put your name on it. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to worry about the uncertainty of whether or not what you said is right. You can just check the book. Right. Well, and you're, I mean, oh, I've said this enough, but you're definitely seeing that now in the way that society is secularized, but there's still things that are talked about in a religious way. Yeah. Even even Greta, like the child fucking, the child savior. It's like, what is going on there? Like, that yeah. seems pretty thin. Yeah, I'd like to see some kind of study on how many like atheists or modernists still use Jesus Christ as like an exclamation. <laughs> Shouldn't be allowed. I think of that old fucking, what was his name? That comedian, Harlan Williams. Hey, should lesbians be allowed to use dildos? I mean, they made their choice. <laughs> yeah, this is a similar thought. <laughs> yeah, and then so what does Jesus Christ even mean to those people when they say it? Yeah, I, well, it probably means the exact same thing. I don't think word meanings change. Mm. The framing of them do. Yeah, I suppose not. It's just well, ultimately an at the root, they're just like mathematical equations. <laughs> a mathematical, yeah, expression of your hormone level at the moment. Yeah. I will say that Jesus Christ feels nice coming off the tongue. Yeah. Whatever that is in like the <laughs> English language, it, it right. fits perfectly. Like it sounds delicious. I mean, maybe that's what, <laughs> like I'm sure blah came from like, an old Semitic word for like <laughs> Jesus preserved or something like that. <laughs> blah blah blah. Like the word yes and and the word yeah came from Jesus. Oh, for sure they. <laughs> and goodbye was God be with ye. Yeah. Matrix is just a giant episode of reading Rainbow. <laughs> Every episode is the Bible. Basically. <laughs> I also think about that Louis C.K. joke. Is like when he said, "What? Like, who's the dominant culture? Like, who won? Yeah. What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah." Yeah, the fact that November is the 11th month. <laughs> but the word November comes from nine. Whoa. Yeah, that makes sense. Still I mean, on, still on Roman time. Still on Roman time. Yeah, all that, all that mythology stuff is so crazy to consider when when you think that all the like we're not living in a different structural paradigm than they were in ancient Greece. No. It's all there. 
and we're not dealing with it like we, we're not running the same hardware or we are running the same hardware and software as we were then like if physically our bodies and minds yeah yeah I wonder if like the interconnectivity of the societies then were any different hmm. if they had analogs or proxies like we do I'm sure they did. I mean, it was probably like <laughs> an enslaved little boy that ran from house to house. Yeah. <laughs> Just with the slickest thighs. For sure. Claudius says, fuck you, and then runs back. I, I don't doubt it, but it'd be so, uh, I guess maybe a deeper understanding of history would be useful here, but. It's, I don't know, I think the answer is probably no. Or, or yes, it is the same. They did have some kind of proxies. They had a screen, I just don't know what it was. Yeah. Maybe it was a greased up little boy. Because something was preserving all those oral traditions and stuff. Mm -hmm. and something was. Making them build up to having like giant shrines and cults for each god and all that stuff. Right. Based on elements and the seasons. And then, like, all of them, like, around the world, I was looking at the different um, myths related to rivers. Okay. And, like, rivers uses, like, metaphors for crossing over to the afterlife. Damn. And there's so many from, from different uh, religions, like the river Styx from mm -hmm. uh, the Greeks. The river Styx was the river that, like, linked the... The world to the underworld right there was a hindu river of the same kind of idea and there's a buddhist river of the same idea and some of those myths like go back to people like the buddha was a person mm -hmm. so it's weird to think of like that that world with that that cult like figure in the middle of it and like how they navigated <laughs> spreading the word whenever that was man to the point where we're still learning about it today and it's still used yeah the buddha was a real person huh yeah and he has a grave site and everything huh. when was that do you know like was it before christianity i don't know i feel like it probably was But there seemed to be like a, a reverence for the natural world back then that was built into the myth. And now all that is just like, like you said, like people just discount it or are more willing to discount it. Yeah. That's why I have so much like mistrust for all the stuff that we're fed in the news. Right. Because like, that's not the real world. Can't believe this guy stopped. And I think the people mm -hmm. who are like, talking, well, the people who are in charge who are talking about the climate, they have the means to actually care about the climate and do something about it. <laughs> so they could very well be living in this mythological world right? from our perspective where they're able to like be outside and be healthy at the same time without concerns. Right. It's on the back of teams of slaves. 
Although, as we know, even though they have the means to fix the climate or fix world hunger, <laughs> I don't think the system is in place. Right. Like they have the, literally they have the money. <laughs> but then it's like, yeah. If you give the money to somebody, You'll be doing you know what to a UN soldier to be able to burn carbon. Yeah. But there could were we talking about something like that at the end of the last podcast about like billionaires living in some kind of mythological structure? Yeah, I think so. They can just create a world of their own. Right. I mean that's gotta be it. Just so insulated. And I think maybe that's possible for anybody with the technology as it is now. Hmm. But I, I, I think the window might be closing as the algorithms start to be personalized. <laughs> At least it? I found like, found like this alarming feeling to like shed everything that was like force fed to me when the pandemic started. Oh yeah. Because I, I just didn't want to be trapped in that. Hmm. Waiting for the next Disney production. And, right. Like the succession of the 200 people who work in Hollywood at, at any one time. <laughs> well, that good for you for having that urge early because it took me probably another year before I was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want this Pablo anymore. Like I was <laughs> suspicious of it, but God damn, to see through it by now, like to where we are now. Right. Yeah, I don't want the I don't want to see the next Disney movie where they're fucking wearing masks. Right. Well, yeah, that show you or whatever, she like murders an anti-masker. No. Or an anti-vaxxer or whatever. <laughs> They're normalizing the shit. Yeah, like talk about truth and fiction. <laughs> That's like, uh, there's that show Squid Game that people were going off and about. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I think they're normalizing or at least beginning the process of making it okay where we're in a world, I don't know, I don't even know what the show's about, but it's like Hunger Games. Yeah, or like Battle Royale. Right. Well, I think, I don't know, because they don't release the actual viewer numbers of mm. Netflix shows, so I don't know if mm. they're manufacturing the hype or if it's real. That's certainly concerning if people are like en masse just in that mode of kill the undesirables. <laughs> right? Like it's, it is alarming. Although not, maybe not that real surprising if you think about it for two seconds. Yeah. Because it's like, how satisfying to kill someone who doesn't think the same as me. Yeah, just like the, the neck beard fantasy. <laughs> that they're, they're have to actually translate it to muscles like it did in the early 90s movies. <laughs> like the fat person was automatically a bully who was just supernaturally tough <laughs> and scary. Right. Nobody knew then that those tits were made of soy. Yeah. <laughs> Diabolical. Now it's like instead of slaying the dragon, it's like slaying the guy who was mean to you instead of <laughs> slaying the guy who said the wrong cultural reference. <laughs> I cringed. <laughs> well, just like that, that fucking kid on that TikTok video. You're gonna suffer my wrath. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to my room! <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. There's a bunch of neck beards just right. performatively yelling. That is exactly. <laughs> out of context. 
I was talking to somebody today and I used the, ha, what a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's a line that he heard in, in what, a Pixar movie? Yeah, for sure. Or like a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Love. <laughs> there is that phenomenon of, of people who talk like they're in <laughs> Pixar movies. That's so crazy because he's actually having like a profound conversation with somebody that he cares about who's like having a transition in her life and right. he's coping with it. Right. But it's just like all he has is just broken bits of script. <laughs> true. And like a costume and makeup. It's that's very true. Yeah. And then like the physical outpouring is just <laughs> is some kind of like martial arts masters horse shit where like everyone's <laughs> supposed to be afraid of him leaping over a table. Yeah. Like and then what? Sucking that guy's soul? Ten dollar words. Like you know he like the calculation between putting his cup down, saying say it again, Craig, and jumping over the table is whether or not he was gonna say wrath or <laughs> rancor or <laughs> right. too many too many syllables or <laughs> You're gonna feel my wrath. Where in the world is that? I have no idea. It's just like it could be anywhere. It really could, like it reminded me of when I'd have like these random sleepovers at friends' places when I was a kid. Okay. And just seeing the family dynamics and like, <laughs> just when they broke down, <laughs> maybe at like 2 p.m. the next day. <laughs> Like, just trying to keep it all together and nice and clean. Right. And it's the... Mark's friend Devin is over. Let's not spoil the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's some chilling shit when you, when you witness. <laughs> I can think of a few of those myself where it's like, oh, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I just never wanted to be the one who cried <laughs> in any of those situations. <laughs> it's important not to. light up the bridge thing got me again for some reason I always forget how like not impactful it is <laughs> it's supposed to be lit up for Diwali today oh and I was like oh there might actually be something there something to see I didn't even notice no I just thought they were kind of fucked because it was like different pools of color yeah Diwali the lipstick on the pig well really Make eyesores palatable. <laughs> Soon the AR will do that for us. That is true. Be a branded bridge. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon Bridge. <laughs> if you so choose. If that, hey, if that's what you want to see. Because, oh, that's fucked. Because part of the problem is that the conversations being had, like people aren't actually talking about the same shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah. So now if your reality is augmented to the point where you're really not even 
seeing the same shit. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but it just seems like more avenues to make money. Uh, for you, sure. Have you ever ended up on a streaming website that you've never heard of and just seen all these productions you've never heard of before? <laughs> for sure. Like all these like side actors that you haven't seen since Space Channel was a thing. Right, right. And it's just like endless. It's like the size of Netflix, but you've just never heard of any of these productions. <laughs> yes. It's like, where's this fucking money coming from? Yeah. Seems like the metaverse, like... The deal with that is that that will be the entire world. Right. But that is crazy. That they can stack advertisements on top of themselves just depending on who's perceiving it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. We always end up talking about January 6th, but that's exactly what that is. <laughs> right. <laughs> As in, it was just like, a, the incident is completely different depending on your perspective? Yeah, and what, what you were exposed to about it. You saw it on CNN, it's right. a national tra tragedy, and you literally saw people being murdered. <laughs> You saw it on 4chan. <laughs> you saw 50 federal officers right. opening gates and waving people through. That was strange shit, man. Does that happen? And there was all those fucking unnamed intelligence actors in the depositions. Yeah. I mean, who knows, for all I know, there could be like a video dropping in a week of just like somebody's mowing people down with an assault rifle. <laughs> but you think you'd see it by now. Right. I think the shift came when they revealed that shit about Fauci and the dogs. <laughs> yeah. It was like, well, they sat on that for a long, long time. Yeah, for sure. They let that motherfucker have his movie. On Disney Plus of all channels. <laughs> Plus beagles. Wow. Plus beagles. Plus out. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening, folks. <laughs>